and then one is involved in a prison ministry, and we're going to hear those stories in a moment, and I want you to hear from them. Again, knowing that I can't make you a serve, but I hope hearing the testimonies of other students will maybe in some ways ignite or even set a fire for you to at least be open, at least be open to saying, all right, Lord, I'm willing to serve. Just show me where I should serve. I heard Dr. Dennis Kinlaw preach. Uh, he's a Methodist minister. He's in his 90s now. I believe he's still living and heard him preach when I was at seminary. And he talked about the most amazing young man he ever met who was your age. He said this 20, he was in his uh, 24 when he met him, but when he was 19, he came to know Christ. And he knew that if he came to know Christ, he must care for the world. So he just started praying for countries as he went, got grabbed an almanac and just started praying for countries every night. That's just what he did. No one told him that. No one taught him that. Something was stirring within him that he knew he should pray for the world. And he kept praying for Venezuela. He kept coming back to Venezuela. And he came to this understanding that God was calling him to serve in Venezuela. So his parents were not believers, but he dropped out of school and his parents were furious. And he took the savings that he had and he bought a one-way ticket to Venezuela to serve. And he just knew God had called him there. He wasn't going through a ministry. He wasn't going through an organization. He wasn't going through a church. He was just going because he said God had called him to Venezuela. So a few years later, uh, Dr. Uh, Kinlaw is meeting with him in his office as he had come back to the campus to visit with, uh, with some people. And as he was telling Dr. Kinlaw the story, he said, you know, I arrived in Venezuela. My parents were furious, but I didn't know you needed a visa to get into the country. I didn't know that you needed documents and paperwork. I just got a, I, God just wanted me to bear, buy an airline ticket, and I went. And so the, the government wouldn't let him in. He says, well, if you have no source of support, if you have no family here, we can't let you in. You've got to get the next flight out, which is 12 hours from now. And you can go eat over in the calf, but we're not allowing you into the country. So as he's sitting at the cafeteria, a gentleman comes up and says, are you an American? He says, yes. He's like, I'd love to chat with you, have lunch with you just so I can practice my English. So this young man said, sure. And they started talking. And he started to share with this man why he was in Venezuela and and that God had called him there and that he had been praying for the country of Venezuela and that God had called him there to serve. And he just knew that's where God wanted him to be. He's like, but now they're telling me I have to go home and I don't know what that means. And uh, he said, uh, he said, do you know who I am? He said, no, you know, I don't know who you are. You're just having lunch together. He goes, well, I'm, I'm the senior assistant to Mr. Betancourt. And he says, do you know who Mr. Betancourt is? He said, no, I don't, I don't know who Mr. Betancourt is. He says, well, Mr. Betancourt is the president of Venezuela. And within an hour, he was allowed access into the country. And as Dr. Kinlaw shares this story with, as this young man shared this story with Dr. Kinlaw, he talks about how he was captivated for hours. He says, because the story just gets better. And I never did get to follow up with Dr. Kinlaw how much better the story got. But this young man just recklessly sold everything and went to serve in Venezuela. And Dr. Kinlaw said, what on earth would possess you to go against your family's wishes, to drop out of college? I'm not encouraging you to drop out of college. To drop out of college, to go to Venezuela, with no connections, nothing, what would you do? And he said, what this young man said has stayed with me for 60 years. And he said this, I found an intimacy with Christ that I was afraid I would lose if I did not go. I found an intimacy with Christ I was afraid I would lose if I did not go. And that does not mean that all of you are supposed to go overseas and and travel and serve to have that intimacy with Christ. But many of you have, have, have found this intimacy, this saving relationship with Christ. And now he is calling you to serve in different areas. And I don't know where that is, but serving Christ in such a way 
creates an intimacy with you and your Lord that is greater than you can ever hope or imagine. And that doesn't mean it won't be challenging and difficult and very hard work at times. And we're going to hear some of those stories here in a moment. So I'm going to ask your fellow students to come up. I've asked Sarah and Weston and Kurt and Dolly. Will you please welcome them to come up this morning as they uh, share with us? Now, what they don't know is that actually I've for a long time wanted to create a singing group, and uh, this is what we're actually going to do. We're going to sing for you this morning our story. Oh, no, we won't do that. You guys can hold the mics if you want, if you're more comfortable doing that, and I'll get these. So, um, so Weston and Sarah took a summer and spent that summer in Africa. They actually had to raise their own support. They had to raise money to do so. Um, And I want to encourage all of you to, you really get only three summers. I mean, you can do something after your senior year, but you really, thanks, Kurt. You only get three summers to really uh, serve in a full-time capacity in some form of ministry, whether that's overseas. We have a church bridge program where you can serve in a church. Um, There's camping program. Dolly's going to talk about her passion for camping ministry, what camping ministry is meant to her. I just want to encourage you to just start thinking and just start praying, Lord, where would you like me to serve in one of these three or four summers you've given me? Now, I had to serve one summer at a place called Putnam Investments uh, because I needed a job. Now, that is still that is still ministry. That is still service. And I understand if you're in that situation like I was, but one summer I did, was able to spend it in Hong Kong and, and quit my job and it was a life transforming moment. So I want to encourage you, all of you, to just think, Lord, is there a place you'd like me to serve this summer, whether Venezuela or Africa or Camp Wonderland or uh, wherever it may be. And then Kurt's going to talk about a little about a ministry he's involved in currently. So Weston came to me last, uh, last fall and the story I just shared with you, um, Weston came to me. I thought about a lot about the story that I just shared with you because Weston came to me and said, I'm going to summarize, but I think I'm correct. You felt like you were supposed to drop out of school and go to Africa. And uh, I said, all right, let's talk about this. Um, because I thought of that story in the back of my mind, and I believe that God calls people like that at times. And so I didn't want to get in the way of that. At the same time, his mom was calling me saying, Weston wants to drop out of school. What are you going to do about it? So I had that pressure <clears throat> on me. Um, but you decided not to. Tell us a little bit about that learning process, about that journey you were on as you thought you were called to full-time missions right away, but then it turned into more of a summer. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, so <clears throat> basically, I, I, that's right. Yeah, I, I basically came into Corey's office. I was like, hey, I think I'm just going to, I've been in here about three weeks for the start of the fall semester, my junior year. I'm, I'm just going to leave. And, uh, yeah, Corey kind of gave me that look, and uh, I was like, oh, whoa. Oh, I didn't say no. He didn't, just... didn't say no, I but just... definitely was like, all right, let's, uh, let's talk. Um, so, and I, Corey was one of about six or seven uh, very um, strong Christians that I really admire and look up to. And so, basically, uh, another was my youth pastor, my parents, uh, a couple relatives, um, and I was getting messages all over the board in terms of what I should do. You know, obviously my parents were like, no, no, you should stay in school and, you know, maybe go to Africa this next summer. And um, a couple people were like, well, if God's telling you to do it, you should definitely go. And <clears throat> it was really difficult. Like everything was all over the map, kind of. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to stop talking to people about it and only talk to God about it. I basically... Uh, I 
think I took a weekend, like a long weekend, and fasted for a couple days and just really sought after God and uh, His presence about things versus talking to anyone about it. And it was difficult because um, I basically had me and my Bible, and I was trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? Like, I have, I have about two weeks to make a decision because I need to leave, you know, by then if, if I'm going to go. Um, and it came down to the fact that God sort of told me in that process that um, there wasn't really a wrong decision. There, there, was, there were two good choices, and it was more about discerning what was better in light of his will. Um, I believe God could have used me and in amazing ways if I had dropped out of school and just had gone, but I also believe that God is using me in ways for his kingdom here. So I, I finally got to the end of those three or four days and sort of realized I don't have a peace with just leaving um, based on some of the scripture I'd read and what God had told me and um, stayed and sort of postponed it till the summer. It's interesting what you say about the uh, the intimacy, losing that intimacy, and that was actually on my mind too. I was terrified that I was going to lose the spiritual fervor and zeal that I had sort of uh, obtained in, in those months leading up to that point by just staying. And so I really implemented a lot of tangible um, things in my life during the next two semesters uh, to sort of keep that alive uh, through fasting, through serving with Germantown, just getting plugged in and involved on campus to sort of keep that uh, spiritual fervor alive. We'll come back around with Dolly. So you spent the summer at Camp Wonderland, and I believe you've grown up there. So I believe it's a special place for you. So tell us why Camp Wonderland is a special place for you. And you've served there how many summers now? Eight. So, and you served there eight summers. So tell us a little bit why it's such a special place and why you served there. Um, camp Wonderland, it's an overnight summer camp run by the Salvation Army. And it's basically, it's for, it's very um, cheap. It's for kids that come from maybe broken homes or usually unchurched families that can't afford to go to camp anywhere else. And I became involved with that because I came from one of those homes, from a broken home who my family, they didn't go to church or whatever, and we were too poor to pay for camp anywhere else because it's crazy expensive. So um, I've been going to camp since I was seven, so it's been a long time. Um, I started working there when I was 14, and basically, it had, it, obviously, that for that reason, it holds a special place in my heart because it's, it's my second home, basically. Um, what we do, I guess to summarize the ministry of camp wonderland is just we just love on these kids there are kids that some of them come from homes where they do experience love but some of them don't like they come from broken homes they don't know they haven't experienced the love of christ because they've never there a lot of them are unchurched things like that so our job through whatever we're doing whether we're swimming with the kids whether we're disciplining the kids no matter what it is we just you just have to love the kids through whatever and Kurt, you're involved in a ministry, uh, not in the summer, but year-round that you just recently started a few months. Tell us a little bit about Straight Ahead Ministries. Well, Straight Ahead Ministries is um, it's pretty much you go into the juvie and to lock up, and I don't got no pictures because uh, they don't really you know, let cameras in those spots. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you just, for me, I mean, we go in there, and uh, these kids are really, uh, they got that wall up, you know? That, uh, that tough exterior. 
and they can't sit there and talk about Jesus, you know. And uh, just to see that that happen is just crazy. To see God work is just insane to me because um, I know I wasn't always a good Christian. Uh, wasn't always a good person, let's put it like that. And um, I knew when I was in situations such as that, there's, you couldn't pay me to go talk about God or show any weakness in front of people. And these kids are doing it. And uh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life, for real. It's uh, just seeing these kids being transformed, seeing the transforming power of God is just insane. Because um, a couple months ago, you know, like however long they've been away, you know, they are selling dope, doing whatever they do. And now they're inside talking about God and trying to change their lives, you know. And it's just uh, insane. We go in, you know, so we go in, we're supposed to have like this, uh, like a, a regiment, what we're supposed to do. But, I mean, we go in there and the spirit just moves, you know what I mean? We go in, we talk about this, we might read a passage, and then all of a sudden it just goes this direction and that direction. And they ask questions and we get them involved. And, you know, it's just a crazy thing. Like the first time I went into this facility, they were like, nah, we're not coming in, you know. They, none of them want to come. And then we... Uh, the COs or whatever you call them, the staff told them to come in and uh, just so that we can introduce ourselves. And after that, they actually stayed. A lot of them stayed, and we just continue and continue and grow. It's like it's kind of a holding spot I'm in right now, so I don't get, like, long-termers, which is kind of, I mean, it is what it is. I'm planting the seed. I'm playing my role, you know, and um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, don't you love Kurt's accent? Uh Strong Island's in the head. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's from Long Island. Sorry. 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 Uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt uh, gave me permission and going to share. I'm actually going to have Kurt's actually going to come back at some point and share a little bit about his story. But Dolly, you're passionate about camping ministry. Obviously, it had an influence on life, on your life. And Kurt, you're passionate about prison ministry. And you were, you said you you would be willing to share just a little bit about why. Um, why, yeah, just, just real brief that your experience in. Um, well, I was in, you know, I've been in multiple, uh, taking a couple vacation stays on Rikers Island, and um, it's a jail. And uh, <laughs> it's not the island that you guys go to, like Puerto Rico and all that stuff. It's a different type of island. Um, and, I mean, I found once I, like, the time, I, as soon as I gave my life to God, like, my I'm not going to go on the whole story, but as soon as I gave my life to God and I, and I said that prayer in the bathroom stall in an institution, my life has been changed, you know? So I know the transforming power of God, and uh, that's what these kids need, you know? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Sarah, you also went to Africa. Tell us a little bit of where you went, but it didn't go as you had hoped. We think, you know, we make these great commitments to God. We make these great sacrifices. We raise funds and... Uh, for those that need to raise money, uh, but it didn't go the way you had thought. Uh, but tell us what God taught you in the midst of all, all of that. Um, so I was in Busia, Kenya, which is as far west in Kenya as you can go. It's right on the border of Uganda. And um, when we got there, our host wasn't there. So that was immediate fear. We were like, uh, we don't know anybody, and our host doesn't think we're coming for like three more days. Um, so it was... Ed Okay, and then, um, <laughs> and then our church that we were working with fell apart and basically didn't want anything to do with us. Yay! So we went in and we didn't have any ministry, um, but we fell in love with the street kids. And um, 
The pictures that are up right now are actually of an orphanage um, that we also got to hang out with. And on Saturdays, we would play soccer. We would do orphans versus street kids. But we were always on the street kids side, and it was terrible because our slogan was like, beat those orphans, which is awful. Um, <laughs> but we did make posters. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but it was just... It was crazy because I got there, and I will be honest, I hated my life. Um, I cried every single day, every night. My team was probably like, would you stop, please? Like, just be happy for once. Um, but it was, it was terrifying. I was out of my comfort zone. I honestly didn't know where to go, where to turn to. Um, but it really was just honestly... Um, a moment in time where we were hiking up a hill that didn't have a path and there were terrifying rocks and I was getting cut up my legs everywhere and I was crying of course and um, that's when God was like you know what this this mountain this is your journey through Kenya and I'm gonna get you through it and you're gonna see the top and you're gonna make it and it's gonna be worth it and in one of my blogs I wrote um, it was called I'm Not a Third World Girl, and I wrote in it um, that although God didn't make me a third world girl at all, um, he did send me for um, such a time as that, and I definitely learned a lot from not, don't go in with expectations. <laughs> and as we chatted in my office uh, last week, Sarah, you were saying that you felt you were, more mini- you were ministered to more than you were able to minister to, is that yeah, correct? definitely. Um, Especially just in the way that they, everybody that I met, I um, learned something new. Um, I learned how to be happy. I learned how to um, be a loyal friend. I learned how to, um, in the midst of everything, have joy. Um, So just those lessons really hit home. Yeah. Great, great lessons uh, for all of you. Any, what, anyone else want to share a lesson that you've learned, whether through camping ministry or straight-ahead ministries or Western Europe experience, that you learned, that you didn't, when you went in, you didn't expect, you thought, you know, sometimes we can think we're going to go to this place, we'll go to this ministry, and we're going to bring Jesus, as if God's not already there. Uh, but God is already there, and God's already at work there, and I have found more cases than not, we're just going to see what God is doing, if we can help in any way, and uh, more often than not, we, we grow and learn because we see God working in new ways. It's, can any of you relate to that? Dolly, go ahead. Um, I was a counselor for one summer, and going in, you well, at least I had the expectation. I was like, oh, yeah, like these kids, some of them don't know Jesus, so I'm going to show Jesus to them and all this, and they're going to come to know him, and it's going to be great. But then you realize that there are kids that misbehave and kids that have attitude and kids that annoy you to no end. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, get me out of here. This is, this is terrible. But then... We have um, this program. It's called Jesus Theater. We, we just kind of reenact the gospel. Um, and then some of those kids, or any of the kids really, if on that night when you see them give their life to Christ, you're just like, whoa, God is real. Because the way this kid was acting the other day, you wouldn't see that happening. It's only possible with God. No, but seriously, it's, it just makes it all worthwhile, little moments like that. Um, yeah, in our training camp, they sort of, they had these, uh, these training seminars for like five or six days. Sarah, Sarah was there for those too. And, um, this was before we left. And I remember one speaker, she sort of said, um, basically the theme of her, her hour long talk was, uh, kind of what you were just saying. We're, we don't go somewhere to bring the kingdom of God. 
um, we go because the kingdom of God is already there. God has just called us because we have a unique piece of the puzzle to contribute, and he wants us to be a part of it. So that's kind of the big thing to remember. Like, and it sort of is, you can see that's true by Sarah and her experience, like when she says the people there taught her more than, you know, she was able to give to them. And it's because the kingdom of God is, is already there and is already present and has come down to earth. Uh, any advice for anyone out there in regards to serving, whether it's in ministry for a summer or serving in any type of ministry, any advice you, you would give them? I would say, like I said, don't have expectations of what's going to happen. Because um, when I went into it, the first phone call that I had with my leader, um, I was, like, super pumped. She was like, are you scared about anything? And I was like, no, why would I be scared? Like, God's got this. And then I got there, and I was like, uh, I'm scared of everything. So you really can't have expectations going into it. And you can't have expectations about what God's going to do. Because I thought that I was going to change lives, but really my life was changed. Um, I don't know. For me, I think it's probably the most gratifying thing, you know, uh, to just get involved and just really help and serve because, um, I mean, you got to find your own place. you got to play your own role. You know, you got to find your own niche and all that. But it's probably the most important thing that I've ever done in my life. Like, the only true happiness I've, like, really felt in my life is when I'm doing something for God, about God, through, like, God working through me. That's the only happened. Like, all the money and everything else I've experienced in my life is just misery compared to a moment just, like, in that presence, just, like, serving. It's just insane. So I would really highly suggest that you do it. Um, I would say that no matter what ministry or whatever you get involved in, if you don't stretch yourself, you're not going to grow. And that's, that's a lesson that I've kind of learned. Well, I'm in the midst of learning. Well, I have no program to have you apply for after chapel. There is no ministry or organization sponsoring this event. Uh, we're not, I'm not trying to connect you with anything specific. I just want to challenge you and hopefully allow them to challenge you uh, to be prayerful and be open to how does God want to stretch you and where do you want to serve? Different ministries, different backgrounds, different experiences, and God can use them all. So where does God want to use your life and your experience or that piece of the puzzle? Over the next freshman, uh, upperclassmen don't know this, but freshmen don't know, but over the next few months and into the spring semester, as you go through the student center, you'll see tables set up. Uh, one from Camp Wonderland. Camp Wonderland will be here uh, looking for camp counselors for the summer. And that is actually a paid, uh, a paid position. I'm sure Dolly will be there uh, campaigning for them. But there will be other camps, Camp Sebago, Camp Taconic. Uh, you'll see several... Uh, Christian camps coming through that are looking for students like you to be counselors for the summer. You'll see different ministry organizations. I believe Adventures and Missions were, were hopefully going to be able to get who, who Sarah and Weston went through and Chelsea and Victoria. A lot of students have gone through. You'll see organizations like that uh, that will be in the student center. I'd encourage you just to visit and talk with them. Um, there's a church bridge program where you can serve in a local church. For, there are so many opportunities. So here's, here's what I want to challenge. You pray about where you think just pray, God, where do you want me to serve? Where do you want to stretch me? And then if you, don't, if you have an idea or a direction where God is leading, will you come to either me or Jenny or one of your professors and say, I'm really feeling a stir to be involved in this ministry. Uh, we can help you connect 
in that way. Uh, Kurt's ministry is a little different. It's very difficult. For, we've tried for years to get college students connected with prison ministries, but with all the uh, legal aspects of it, it's a little difficult. Kurt had to go through quite an ordeal just to get involved in the ministry. So that one made prison ministry is a little more difficult, but we'll, we'll help in some way. We did have one organization come and say, we need people to write letters to prisoners. Would students be willing to do that? Uh, and if some of you are willing to write letters to prisoners, uh, there's a place for that. So I just want to challenge you and encourage you to pray about where does God want to serve you and, and where, do you want to be, where does God want to stretch you in your spiritual walk. Before I close in prayer, any final comments or thoughts or suggestions or words of wisdom? Kurt's going to close by singing a song for us. <laughs> Let, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we've even sung in this chapel, take our lives and let them be consecrated, Lord, to thee. And when we pray songs like that, when we pray prayers like that, when we uh, call out your name and say, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control, I pray for each and every student here, and even those that maybe have not yet known, come to know Christ yet, that I just believe that you're stirring, I know that you're stirring in all of us a place to serve a place to be part of your kingdom work that's already taking place. And so I pray for each student now that's willing in these next few moments of silent prayer to pray a dangerous prayer of, Lord, show me where you want me to serve. Show, you, show me where you want me to go, and I will go. I pray, Father, that each student makes the right connection and contact and that you lead and guide their steps whether it is to Africa or Camp Wonderland or into a prison ministry or in a church program or maybe even working for the summer because you have to pay for school, all of these places serving in your kingdom and the work you're doing. We thank you for the privilege of serving with you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now we've kind of started a tradition this semester where we close by singing the doxology. So this is my singing group. We're going to do it together. I hope they join me as their mics drop to the floor. Good. (laughs) We do the doxology, it's a response to what we've heard. Whatever the message, it's a response, it's a way of giving back and giving thanks. So let us uh, stand and sing that together. Praise God from Go in peace. You are dismissed to love God and serve others.